This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here along with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Do you need some assistance during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic? In addition to Nancy and Ryder's help, we've got suggestions from other organizations to help those affected by COVID-19. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Nancy and Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. morning. A couple of things uh, in the news that I wanted to uh, bring out. Uh, First of all, you know, I was out last week, so uh, uh, did we get to talk about uh, the Experian Boost? I know we had a call a couple of weeks ago about uh, advertisements saying that you could increase your credit score, and I did some research and found out uh, it is the Experian Boost, which they use a a cow mooing in their commercials. Did you all talk about that last week? Uh, We did not. did not get to that. Did you guys get the email I sent explaining what the program is? Yes, Kevin, I got the email. Well, it looked like to me it said you will use your bills, you know, your power bill and that sort of thing. But also, from what I could read of it, it was just if you sign up for a bunch of email lists from Experian that they're going to boost your credit score. Was I looking at that correctly? So what it is, is there's a lot of things that are kind of credit-like. Let's say, like you mentioned, a utility bill, something that you have to pay every month, and you've probably already been paying every month. Uh, it's very very similar to, you know, credit obligation that you have to pay every month. And the thought is that if you add these to your credit score, you consider these in your ability or willingness to pay uh, part of a credit score, then it will be a boost or a boost as the marketing may be uh, to that score um, you know it is it does involve turning over a lot more information of course to Experian you know more details about the bills you're already paying um, but I don't see any reason why that why it would not boost your score if you did if you were faithfully paying some other bills. So, uh, Nancy, though that would it would only boost your score from ex- Experian, though, is that correct? That's what it looked like. But at the same time, as I looked at it, um, they were really talking about this new way of calculating a credit score. Um, And they opened this up recently for all the credit reporting agencies. They have a calculation they use. And so this calculation um, includes some of those things that Ryder mentioned, is more beneficial to younger people. So that's what it sounded like to me. It didn't sound like much of a deal. Well, and also, I think the um, the commercial to me when I watched it makes it seem like it's going to boost your credit score. But if you add these extra things and you're not the best at keeping up with your bills or whatever, would it could it possibly damage your credit score? I'm not sure if they had language in there saying that it wouldn't damage your credit score. Um, sometimes they they do have that for certain considerations, but. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, like I said, I uh, remembered the call that we got and had seen the commercials the next time I saw it, tried to pay a little bit more closer attention to it. And it is cute the way they use the little cow there with the, the boost. So at least it was effective. It had me remembering it. Uh, the other thing I heard, and this was uh, on Forbes, I believe, that um, the president is hinting that uh, there is another stimulus check coming to Americans in the near future, possibly in late July. Have either of you heard anything along those lines? 
I did see well, something. Are, uh, yeah, go ahead, Nancy. You've been following this closer. We, we are hearing about another stimulus package. We think it's going to be much smaller. Um, we're not sure that there's going to be another one-time payment like the 1200 per person that we saw earlier. Um, where even though there's talk of, oh, let's do this, um, you have to get all of Congress to agree to this. And I don't think they're going to be ready to do this when they look at the amount of debt, plus the fact that we've seen some improvements on our employment rate, as well as consumer spending as things get up and going. And so we're we're just expecting something much smaller, mainly possibly uh, extending some of the extra federal benefits for unemployment, um, as well as a few other things to help folks. So, Nancy, we'll start with you. Unemployment has reached levels only seen during the Great Depression. What has the federal government done to help those who've lost their job uh, due to the pandemic and those who were furloughed or given reduced hours? It's kind of looking back at some of the help that's uh, been given. Well, the biggest thing they've done is added on an extra $600 a week to whatever your state was offering you. Here in Mississippi, our maximum weekly benefit is, I think, $235. The minimum is 106 That's not very much. But if you add on that extra $600, that makes a big difference for folks right now. That will run out at the end of July. But, Kevin, I also want to say I keep running into people who don't realize that they qualify. All of your gig workers, if you're a musician, um, if you tutored, gave lessons, housekeeper, if you lost business because of the coronavirus, you are eligible to receive those benefits. And um, they opened up who could qualify. So I'm encouraging everybody, you know, if you yourself are one of those types of workers, part-time worker, if even you kept working but your hours reduced, you qualify. And even if only you qualify only for the 106, the real benefit is the extra $600 per month. So tell everybody you know to go ahead and sign up. Yes, it runs out at the end of July, but these can be backed so if you can show you lost business, you lost income back into March or April, you will be eligible for a nice lump sum and a continuation. Now, we're hoping that they will continue to offer some extra federal benefits. It's not going to be 600 a week when we start into August, but there is talk of maybe 250 to 300. So we're just watching what's going to happen and we'll let you know when we know. And I think another thing, uh, like Nancy said, people don't realize they're eligible for the unemployment. You, it doesn't, you don't have to have been laid off on day one of the state locking down and your employer does not have to have said to you, you, oh, the coronavirus has ended your job. Um, the unemployment system looks back, I believe, 15 to 18 months of employment. Uh, so, you know, even if you were not uh, employed full time all the way up to, you know, the day of lockdown starting, uh, you are still eligible uh, to apply and, and see what happens. Uh, throughout the show, we're going to reference uh, some of the interviews that we've done in the past couple of months uh, during Money Talks. And so what we'll try to do is give you the date of those broadcasts. So if you'd like, you can go back on our website uh, or 
listen to the podcast to get the full details. But, Ryder, on April 7th, we talked to folks from the Mississippi Department of, Econ- uh, of Employment Security. Uh, if you could remind us of some of the information we got there about how folks can get assistance from how to get in touch with MDES. Yes, absolutely. This was a fantastic episode. Uh, like you said, April 7th, two uh, executive direct, two directors from MDES, they were just an absolute wealth of information. Uh, so one of the main things at the time, of course, was there were just a ton of applications flooding the systems. Uh, they they you know were very upfront about their systems being overloaded. Uh, and while we haven't got an update from them now, it's been uh, it's been a couple of months, and uh, applications, new applications, have slowed down. Uh, so I would think they are a, a lot better about uh, responding. Also, they were giving details about how, because the state system, you know, originally was not set up uh, with those federal requirements for the extra six hundred dollars a month. They were saying how it could be frustrating for somebody. They could apply. Their online application could say, no, you're not eligible for anything, but but they may come back later and tell you that you are eligible. And I think the big takeaway from that was just get on the MDES website, mdes.ms.gov. Uh, you know, start your online application. Uh, I know it can be a bit tedious. Uh, it can take a little while, uh, but it is going to be even harder to get them on the phone or uh, in person. And at the time, the local wind job centers where you can apply in person were not open. Uh, they were, you could kind of pull up and they might drop a packet of information by your car and you could fill that out. I'm not sure what the status of those are right now. Uh, but a, again, just, just like we were just saying, if you are out of a job, if your income has been reduced uh, from you know the coronavirus, from the lockdowns, et cetera, do apply for uh, unemployment. And as we saw, that was a really good way that the federal government sent sent money and sent aid directly to people. So even if it's not a big deal to you right now, uh, getting in the system might be a good idea so that uh, it will be easier if, if there is more aid or an extension of the benefit to come. That's right. So again, that and also understand. Go ahead, um, Kevin. I would just jump in and say that um, when this started, everybody was having to do this at home, and some people didn't have internet access. Our libraries are starting to open back up, and so if you need some help, you need a computer, you need internet, I would head to the local library and see if a reference librarian can help you with this. As Ryder mentioned, it's pretty tedious. I've helped people walk through this process. You have to answer a lot of questions. Um, but it is worth it. Good point, Nancy. My brother's a librarian, so I always uh, like to, to promote libraries are a good source of information, and they do have uh, computers available for public use. And a reminder of the website for MDES, it's mdes.ms.gov. If you have a question for our expert, you can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion of where you can find pandemic assistance after the break. Do you still have leftover gift cards from holidays or birthdays? I'll tell you why you need to spend them soon in just a bit. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts, and we are referencing several of those today. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. You know, gift cards seem to be a convenient way when you're giving someone a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, but between 2 and $4 billion and gift cards go unused every year, according to the Mercator Advisory Group. This year, several bankrupt companies may close forever with millions of dollars from unused gift cards staying in their coffers. J.C. Penney, Newman Marcus, J. Crew, and Pier One will soon close their doors permanently and take that unused money with them into obscurity. So dig your unused gift cards out of your junk drawer because it's time to use them or lose them. All right, uh, before we dig back into things, we do have a caller on the line, so we're going to say good morning to Sandra, who's called in from Hattiesburg. Sandra, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. One question, many layers. It has to do with the unemployment compensation for self-employed workers. I am self-employed. I applied for the unemployment. I was lucky enough to get through. I supplied 1099s. Uh, in income tax statements and bank statements to prove income. I was approved, but I receive only the minimum of 106 from the state. On unemployed workers, are they taking anything into consideration for the compensation, or are they just awarding the 106? And that's all. I think they're pretty... Yeah, I think they're pretty much awarding the 106 to anybody who goes through the process. Um, it's very difficult if you're a self-employed person because your uh, compensation is often erratic. You know, whenever you have gigs, whenever you have jobs, uh, those are things that flow through. And I wouldn't worry so much about that minimum benefit because what you really are trying to go after is the extra 600 um, uh, excuse me, extra 600 a week on the federal side. And well, even though, definitely. again, that's going to end the... And you did uh, get yeah, that, right? That's what, I, that's what I was after. But after that ends and the state continues, it would be nice to get more than 106. At that point, I filed an appeal. I got notification they had received the appeal with the same paperwork backing up my my request but nothing further right and they may take another look at it sandra my feeling as i've worked with some people to go through this process is they're just pushing everybody through at the minimum 
you may have the opportunity using your tax returns showing how you should qualify for a higher benefit based on the income you were producing earlier. Um, but again, what you really need to focus on is the extra federal benefit. We're hoping they're going to, to continue with that, maybe at a lower rate in August, but we're just going to have to stay tuned. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. That's what I was after. But, you know, as all good things come, they must come to an end. So at that point, yes, the absolutely. date would be, would be nice to have. Okay. I will just hang in there then and wait to hear. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good luck. Thanks, Sandra, for your phone call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and today we're talking about where you can turn for help during the coronavirus pandemic. The number of cases of COVID-19 are still rising in Mississippi. If someone gets the virus, is there assistance with them as far as time off from work, Nancy? Well, there is, and it really is surprising, Kevin, at this point that there are still workers out there who don't have any sort of sick leave. So if they're not working, they're not eating. And the CARES Act built in some protection for those folks. So if you get sick um, during the middle of this pandemic, then you are allowed two weeks off at full benefits up to $511 a day, as long as you have been working at least 30 days or a month before your illness hits. So that's really important. Now, the problem is that um, some of the things that they're being offered, they're also offering paid leave for people who are dealing with lost childcare up to 12 weeks. And not all employers have to comply with this. Very large uh, employers don't, interestingly enough. So if you have over 500 employees, you are left out of this provision. And um, also very small employers. So anybody less than 50 workers may not have to provide the leave for child care. But just having some sort of health care benefit there, paid leave if you get sick in the middle of this is really important. And I will also say it's, I think it benefits everybody, not only the worker, but the less sick workers we have in the workforce, the less chance of spreading it to other workers in their, their work environments. Absolutely. And so that becomes really important for us to make sure people don't feel like they're making a choice between paying their bills and spreading this virus and going to work sick. I mean, as a society, that's what we've been doing for a long time. And now it's becoming a real issue when that can lead to even more people getting sick. So, Ryder, on uh, June 9th, we talked with the executive director of the Mississippi Food Network about food banks and pantries. When we talked about types of assistance, what were some of the things from that show that stood out to you? Yeah, so that one was interesting. Obviously, the Food Network, you know, they provide, you know, package and deliver uh, food to folks all around the state. And he talked about just an enormous amount of food that they uh, process and deliver each each week, each month. But there are a number of different options for folks. so the Mississippi Department of uh, Human Services, they provide uh, they so they administer the SNAP Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Plan. Uh, you know what people commonly refer to as food stamps, um, but also the Women, Infants, and Children Program, um, providing also food and nutrition and other health services for uh, low-income women and children. Um, and so those two, you can you can start your application for things like that on the MDA. HS website. 
Um, although, and I'm not sure how this has been affected by coronavirus because particularly applying for SNAP, applying for the, the food stamp benefits is you start an online application to kind of say, you know, are you kind of, you know, do you meet the, do you meet the requirements? But there is also an in-person interview. I don't know how they are handling that. If there is someone from MDHS listening, uh, I'm sure we would love to know that, but that provides you with a little bit of money. Uh, that's, you know, f- federal funds come through that and there's a lot of restrictions on that. You have to use that money for, uh, groceries. Of course you can spend it. Um, you get money on a card to spend at any grocery store, which is, you know, again, just, a, a Another way to kind of ease the burden, uh, as Nancy was saying, ease the burden of of not having your income. But uh, you know, this is this is a situation where uh, if we you know when we have large amounts of people out of work, when we have large amount of people who just aren't making money. You know, we still need those people in this country. We still need we still need them to be supported and healthy. Uh, that's very important to the rest of us, and um, and that's why we have these programs. Uh, so contact information from the Mississippi Food Network. Their website is msfoodnet.org. You can contact them at 601-353-7286. Let's take one phone call before our next break. So we talk to George in Columbus. Good morning, George. You're on the air with us. So go ahead. Good morning. Should I be concerned if I still haven't gotten my $1,200 uh, uh, dollar Allowance. George, wow. they are still going out. Yes, um, and we are hearing about huge delays. But um, I would say, if you qualify based on your income, and for a single person, that's up to seventy-five thousand a year. For a couple, that's up to one hundred and fifty thousand a year in income. Then you are entitled to that. And uh, we have pointed out there is an app you can use to go to see where you're payment is. You can call the IRS, even though it's really hard to get through right now. Um, And in some cases, people will not even receive those payments maybe until next year's tax filing. Oh, okay. It would be nice if they told us. Yeah, so I I understand. I think your first course of action is, if you have not already, check irs.gov. That's where they do have a tracker for the status of your own return, um, particularly if you know your address has changed, if something has changed. Uh, that's where they'll have information so you can make sure that you're eligible because keep in mind, it is going to be based on your income from 2018 or possibly your income from 2019. Uh, so if there was something unusually high there, you may not be eligible. Um, also, you know, we've had calls about this uh, throughout the past few weeks. Uh, if you are a dependent on someone else's taxes, you know, you're not going to get. And this is may not be relevant for you, but for the for the broader audience, um, this is these are questions a lot of folks have. Um, a lot of the money has gone out, uh, but particularly folks who either do not f- uh, have to file taxes because they have Social Security, those are going to be particularly slow. Uh, folks who do not file taxes because they don't make enough money or folks who mail in checks, uh, folks who have had bank account information change, those are going to be the more complicated ones that just take a lot more time. You know, again, we're talking about hundreds of millions of folks in this country getting these yeah. things. And so you can just think about the ones that are going to be administratively harder. 
they're going to take longer to get. Uh, but you can track the status of your uh, refund um, of your payment on irs.gov. Thank you. Also, George, uh, last week, June 16th on Money Talks, we kind of had an extensive discussion about this. So if you want to go to uh, moneytalks.mpbonline.org and look for that June 16th episode, you should get some additional information, and hopefully you can track down that that, uh, stimulus check. So we appreciate your call. We'll continue our discussion of where you can turn for assistance during the pandemic in just a bit. What are some social organizations that are providing assistance? I'll tell you that right after this. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance program. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Nonprofit organizations may be able to help you in the form of food services, bill payment assistance, or other services. Consider contacting the United Way, the Salvation Army, or other service organizations in your area. We'll post some contact information on the show's webpage if you need assistance in that way. Uh, We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Linda, who's in Memphis. Go ahead, Linda. You're on the air with us. Hey, how are you? And thank you for taking my call. Uh, my problem is, is um, well, I'm a nurse. I'm a registered nurse, and I'm 66 years old, and I work every day. But I, I waited until I reached age 66 to apply for my, um, I reached full, full retirement benefit uh, for the Social Security. I applied back in April, and now I can't seem to get um, uh, um, any any word about when I should be getting my uh, my uh, retirement benefits. You know, every time I go to the website, it'll say, well, we're still working on it. We're still working on it. And, um, you know, it's just, it just a little frustrating. And, by the way, when I got my stimulus, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I was grateful to get it. I got all of $188 back, you know. And so I thought, well, that's okay. I'll be getting my Social Security soon. So, you know, we'll just, you know, you know thankful but you know looking forward to getting getting that you know retirement benefit and so i'm just i'm just concerned now uh, it seems like it's out there in limbo and i don't i don't know who or where i might be able to um, what recourse do i have well, Linda, I would say to you that um, this is not unusual in the midst of all of this. There are a lot of people, a lot of people in federal offices who are working from home, and so things oh, okay. are backed up. I would keep okay. trying. If you reached your full retirement age, it should be coming through. Now, what will probably happen is that you'll end up with a lump sum, and they'll backdate and say, oh, here are three months that we owe you, and it will come all at once. And once it gets okay. started, then then it will be automatic every month. But be patient with that and understand that we're backed up. They're trying to keep going through that. I would keep checking on the Social Security website and uh, maybe even try a phone call and getting someone who can help you to track where this is and when you can expect it to go through. I appreciate it so much. I do. Thank you. Thanks for your Good call. Good luck. Appreciate Thank you. It. 
Bye now. Thanks, Linda. We appreciate your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you have a question this morning, you can call us at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So we're talking about where to go for assistance during the pandemic. Uh, mortgage relief is some that uh, some listeners or their families might need. So, Nancy, what can you tell us about assistance uh, with mortgage payments? Well, we're starting to see an increase in defaults and late payments on mortgages and also on rents as people are struggling. Um, The CARES Act does allow for some relief on this front. Now, it's only for federally backed mortgages, but that represents about, oh, about three quarters of our total mortgages out there. How do you know if yours qualifies? I would say call your mortgage company or go online to your mortgage and see if you are federally backed. If so, then you can ask for forbearance. And you need to contact your mortgage company and formally ask for a forbearance based on the coronavirus. If that happens, then you're going to get a pause in your mortgage payments. And that means there are not going to be fees or penalties, late payments, and it should not even uh, ding your credit record if you go this route. Know that you still will owe those payments. They will just be tacked on at the end or cleared out if you sell your house or you can pay them out later on, however you'd like to do that. But this gives a lot of people relief. And if you're renting from someone who also is getting a forbearance on their mortgage payment that's federally backed, then you can ask for some relief on your rent as well. But again, you have to do it formally, make sure you record who you've spoken to, get some verification from them that this is an official forbearance so it doesn't hurt your credit. So you can then not have that payment, which is a big amount of most people's budget every month until we get through this. And um, you will have 180 days, possibly can re-up for another 180 days until the end of the year. Uh, Nancy, have you heard about the hardest hit fund from the Mississippi Home Corporation? Well, that is something that's happening uh, locally as uh, we have uh, people who can submit and ask for payments to be made on their behalf. And you can do this through mshomesaver.com and uh, apply and say, you know, I've lost income, I've lost employment, and see if you qualify to get assistance to make those payments for you. So right around May 12th, we had a guest on the show from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. We talked about mortgage forbearance, as Nancy just mentioned, but we also talked about credit cards and asking help for your debt. What assistance in that area can listeners find? Yes, and this kind of goes along with, you know, what we often say with folks who have a lot of more uh, credit card debt or, you know, non-mortgage, uh, non-mortgage debt is call and negotiate. Um you know, so again, just like the uh, mortgage forbearance, you need to call and tell them you have been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. For some issuers, this is just this is the secret word. This is the password that unlocks all the treasures. Um, bear in mind, you know, credit cards. It's not it's not such a highly regulated, formalized market like mortgages. So this isn't just some you know blanket. You know, one company says this and everybody falls in line. Uh, 
every every credit card company is going to be different with what they're offering. Uh, most likely, they're still going to want to offer some payments, but with credit cards and again non-mortgage debt, there are a lot of different ways you can pay. There are a lot of different options. Often, you know, uh, there's minimum payments already built into to your agreements. I think what's going to be really important for folks, especially if you anticipate just making a minimum payment or a much lower payment, is asking for uh, interest rates uh, to be waived or, or interest payments to be waived. Because if you are, you know, if you usually pay all or most of your credit card, then you're probably not used to paying a lot of interest. Uh, if you are going to all of a sudden be carrying a balance for a couple of months, then a high interest rate, you know, credit cards can be 15, 20, 30%. You know, they're all over the place because uh, people just don't pay attention to them. Then after a few months, that's going to pile up really fast. And so it, with any negotiation, you're going to want to get whatever you agree to in writing. Uh, and you're going to see if they have any specific relief, uh, but also you know, concentrate on uh, that interest payment, uh, seeing if you can get that just paused or removed. Uh, I know. And um, one thing, Kevin, we're hearing that uh, a lot of credit companies are delaying reporting on late payments. Uh, in some cases, maybe a couple of months, because they understand we're in the middle of a very unusual event. But you do need to call them, as Ryder said. Go ahead and jump in there. Don't just think it's going to go away. Call them. Use those words. Um, I've been affected by the uh, coronavirus, and my goodness, who hasn't been? And see what they will do for you. You know, I've gotten in the habit of just checking. This seems like a simple thing, but it's something I didn't do before. <laughs> Every month, just checking online all of my credit card accounts, uh, the couple that I have. And I've seen on the website, you know, if you have been affected by the coronavirus pandemic, are you going to need documentation or are they going to take your word for it? In most of the they'll be taking your word for it. They'll be taking your word for it, most likely. What if you need assistance with your mental health during the pandemic? We've got some resources next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. We're pleased that you found our personal finance show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. The Mississippi Department of Mental Health has resources on its website and a phone number to call if you're feeling anxious or having some problems during the pandemic. The number for the Department of Mental Health is 1-877-210-8579. So, Nancy, in May, uh, Governor Tate Reeves signed into law a bill establishing the Back to Business Mississippi Grant Program. If you would, tell us a little bit about the details of that. 
Well, you can apply through backtobusinessms.org. Go to that website. This is for companies with 50 or fewer employees. Understand that about half of the businesses in Mississippi have four or fewer employees. You have to be able to say that because of the virus, you've had an interruption in your business, and then you apply for a grant that can cover not just your employees, but can cover your operational expenses. Understand that the federal PPP program was geared towards keeping people employed, and there are a lot of businesses out there saying, you know, I need to pay my rent. I need to cover uh, vendors and their expenses and my supplies, and so this will help you. It is a grant, so you do not have to pay it back. That's Yeah, that's important to uh, point out that this is not a loan, that it is a grant program, and so uh, help for uh, small businesses, which Governor Tate Reeves in his briefings points out uh, are so important to Mississippi's uh, economy. And an uh, interesting fact, Nancy, repeat that again. What percent has four employees or less? About half of the companies wow. in Mississippi have four or fewer employees. You know, our company, there are four of us, and we're pretty typical of what we see here in this state. All right. That's an interesting, uh, and again, the importance of small business for the Magnolia State. We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Kay in Memphis. Kay, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm calling sort of at the last minute because I was listening to your program. I listen to all your programs. My radio just stays on you. Um, but there was a lady uh, talking about she had received the $188 and whatever. Well, I have a young couple I've helped off and on, and this is what has happened to him. And he thought he was going to be getting a regular uh, payment. And... Um, he isn't, and can you shed any light on what that situation is, what that $188 yes. is, and he's not getting anything else? I mean, he hasn't, and he can't, he can't get on the line. You know, he just can't. It's too busy. Right. And um, Ryder mentioned before that um, the payment is based on, for most people, your 2018 income tax and the income that's showing up there, or 2019 if you had filed for that. And um, it starts to disappear because it does gradually disappear. If you are a single person making 75000 or less, you're going to get the full 1200 If you're a couple making up to 150000 or less, you'll get the full 2400 1200 times two plus any children that gets added into it beyond those income amounts that stimulus payment gradually starts to drop off i think it's like five dollars per bracket until it just totally disappears so you're talking about if this is a couple then obviously they made over 150,000 a year that showed up on their 2000 2018 or 2019 taxes and um but they still were not beyond the total limit and that's why that amount was less so he's not well they they are a couple but they're not a legal couple and they have five children and uh he's without ah, job, okay without any income now is there anything he thought that he was eligible for some extended payment I don't know whether he's filed his income tax for the year or not. It's a, the, the young man sort of helps me out around, and he's sort of become a, 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 a black son to me, and I'm his white mama. And uh, I thought I would see if I could find out what's going on. Is he eligible for well, anything I, 
it, it does depend on what was on his income tax filings. He needs to go back and look at his 2018 filing. Um, if he filed for 2019, look at that. You're talking about a couple, but you're saying that they're not legally married, so they may be filing separately, which means his um, limit needs to be at that 75000 income, and apparently he had income beyond that for some other reason we don't know. For self-employed people, it could be they just have an unusually good year and followed by a lower year. Um, they're just going to go back and look at that tax filing to determine how much they will pay you. He is a heavy equipment operator for our temp service. He w- works in warehouses. And that's his... That's his right, so he... Yeah. She has not been working. He, he would... He's, he's on a W-2 then, and then based on that, maybe he had a really good year in 2018, uh, possibly with overtime and things like that, that pushed him beyond 75000 for an individual. Also, I'm wondering if Kay is talking about unemployment uh, compensation. Yeah, the unemployment compensation. Yeah, you're, talk- you're talking about unemployment and not the stimulus? Well, I think I'm talking about unemployment because he, he has not been employed for quite a while, and he's about to run out. And I well, cannot help him this coming up the first of the month, so I don't know what he's going to do for rent and utilities and so forth. Well, the yeah, call we had unemployed. earlier had to do with the stimulus payment when somebody said a friend only got 180 or they only got $188. If you're talking about unemployment benefits, then he needs to file. Um, I think you said you are in Memphis. Is he also in Tennessee? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay, then he needs to file under the Tennessee system because our unemployment is by state. But he still should get the added $600 a week for any portion from mid-March through the end of July. So tell him to file through the Tennessee system. All right, Kay, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. Uh, Ryder, there are some new rules about taking money out of an IRA when it comes to uh, dealing with the pandemic. If you could tell us some details on that. Yes. So uh, the first one, one thing we often talk about on this show, especially for folks who have hit uh, the magical age of 70 and a half, now 72, is required minimum distribution. So you've been putting money in your IRA, your 401k all your life. You've been getting a nice tax benefit. You really enjoyed that. The IRS comes back and gets their due uh, now when you are age 72. And that change was actually just made at the end of last year. Uh, And then this year, they changed it again, they said you're not required to take money out uh, for the year 2020. I I think a lot of the concern was, especially with the markets as they were when they passed the law, uh, that it was just particularly disadvantageous for folks to be selling out of investments at that time. Because at the same time, they made it possible for people to take out $100,000 from their IRA as you know, just a, a, a one-time withdrawal this year, and they could pay it back over the next three years, so 21, 22, 23. Um, and they could pay that back, you know, you know, a third of it each year going forward, and they would not have to pay taxes on that. Now, this has also, this becomes a kind of interesting planning tool because you can also use this to make a large withdrawal now, 
and ex- push the taxes off over three years. So again, you know, normally when you withdraw $100,000 from an IRA, that's all coming out at your top tax bracket, maybe putting you into an even higher bracket, um, one or two brackets above where you are, and that could be a really huge tax penalty. But if you spread it out over three years, you may uh, significantly reduce the uh, total amount of taxes you pay on that. So it makes it an interesting um, planning tool. Uh, You can either withdraw $100,000 and pay it back over three years instead of just a 60-day rollover. Or you can just have have a large withdrawal and pay it off at a reduced rate in the future. All right. Uh, Nancy, we've got about a minute left. We'll give you the last word. During the pandemic, the last several months, we've seen kind of swings in the stock market, lows and highs. Uh, What would be advice in terms of investing? Maybe just take a deep breath, stay the course? Well, certainly make sure your plan is um, appropriate for you as far as your risk levels and your need for income. We're still very cautious. Uh, I think there's a lot of news still to hit markets. We are hearing about spikes in the virus. And we also think that we've had so much support so far as far as stimulus money, payments to businesses, um, extended unemployment, and those things are set to run out. And at that point, we're really going to see what's going to happen to our economy. We're going to start to hear, we're already hearing about some temporary layoffs becoming permanent. So we're cautioning people to be careful. Uh, Make sure you have a good emergency savings account. Uh, Don't get carried away with jumping into the market, um, but stick with your original plan as far as what fits you, as far as your risk and your income needs. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, You know, just a reminder of our email address. It's money at mpbonline.org. Certainly, when you listen to the program, you can always send your your questions that way. But during the week, if you think of something or something comes up and you think you need some assistance on personal finance matters, then you can send in that email and we'll try to get to it on the air. Again, it's money at mpbonline.org. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by the generous financial support from listeners like you. And thanks to everyone who made a contribution in our recent fund drive. To hear today's show or previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 